0: life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host Emma Lovell and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugen Bear Country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. Welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to introduce you to Jessica Muddit, author and founder of Hembury Books. Jess has written an incredible book, which I have just finished and I'm totally in love with, and I can't wait to share her story with you. Jessica Muddit is an author, ghostwriter, and book coach based in Sydney. During her 15 years as a journalist, she wrote over 100 articles for Forbes, along with bylines in BBC, CNN, and Company Director magazine. She's the author of two memoirs, "Our Home in Myanmar and Once Around the Sun. Fun fact, she was an extra in the hit Bollywood film Tara Rum Pum. Just so many fun travel stories and also such a amazing businesswoman. I can't wait to introduce you to Jessica Muddit. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica Muddit.
1: Hi Emma, thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. I have had you in my ears for a few weeks, but I always love to start with, who are you? Who are you in your words?
1: Um, I'm an author of two memoirs, uh, which are also audiobooks, which is why I've been narrating uh, my first one, In Your Ear. Um, That's called Our Home in Myanmar, and that's about the four years that I spent in Myanmar. Uh, The sequel, the prequel, sorry, is coming out in March, and that's called Once Around the Sun, and that's about a year-long trip that I took um, that was very formative for me. That was when I was 25. And I'm also the founder of Hembry Books, um, which I have just launched after 15 years as a journalist. Um, and Hembury Books provides nonfiction authors with book coaching and ghostwriting services. Um, and I'm so excited because books have always been my first love. Articles are too short and I get frustrated after talking to people and hearing all these fascinating things that, you know, it ends up on the cutting room floor. So this is a chance for me to pursue my love of books, but also to help people get their book into the world. That's so important to me. I I struggled a lot to get my books out. um, And there was a point where I thought I would never become an author. So I'm passionate about helping other people um, get to hold their book in their hands.
0: Well, I'm absolutely blown away because writing a book is definitely on my bucket list and it's um it's something that, you know, like you, I had a big year of travel. I had a 13-month trip. Um, I did the gap year after high school before university and I thought that I was going to come home and write a book at 19 <laughs> and I've always felt like I've been behind the eight ball and it's this sort of, it is a big thing, but then I think There's kind of this uh, climate at the moment in the business world where it looks like everyone's writing. I'm putting in air quotes for the listeners, everyone's writing a book. And so it can make you feel like, well, why haven't I just written a book? Uh, Tell us, you know, yeah, like was that your sort of journey as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, it really is so similar. I, well, I completed my university degree, had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And then I set off to travel for exactly 365 days. It's called Once Around the Sun for that reason, but also because I tried to stay in summer temperatures the entire time, not with complete success because, you know, you end up taking journeys you didn't anticipate to places like Mount Everest where it's really cold. Um, And I, yes, moved to London, wanted to get that book published, did not, could not, focused really on becoming a journalist and that was a, you know, that was a, a struggle of itself. I had to move continents twice to do that um and so I mean it's a it's a very slow long journey which is but just part of life like I've always loved my work I've always loved journalism I'm just at a point in time now where I want to try this and it's important to me to try and I self-published so had I not completely backed myself the book would still, my books would be unpublished. So that for me was critical to decide that, thank goodness, we have the technology and the, the platforms that make it so easy and so cost-effective to get your work out in, into the world. Once you get the first one out, it's almost without question that there'll be a second one if if it wasn't yeah. like pulling. T- if yeah. something, you know, something happened to you that was a one-off event and you truly believe others would benefit from reading your story. So that might be one and done. But if you love writing, you'll fall in love with the process of having a book and you'll want to write more.
0: Well, and it's a different thing, isn't it? Like, um, because I guess a lot of people in my world are writing books for the business. So they're writing it as a marketing tool, whereas a travel memoir that's a heart project, isn't it? That's a, that's a, this story needs to be told. That's a, I mean, obviously as well, it's going to be in terms of your business now. It's a great marketing tool. I wrote a book. I can help you write a book, but predominantly I know that, well, look, I'll speak for myself. The travel book is, I don't give a damn if anybody else ever reads it. I, I, want, to, I want, I want, I know that I do actually want people to read it, but I know that I want to have that, you know, and have done that. So, how do you feel about the the travel memoir as opposed to, say, maybe a
1: a book about, you know, how to do the thing? Well, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a business author last week who's written eleven books. She loves writing books. She's a productivity expert called Donna McGeorge. She's wonderful. And many business authors they continue because it, it's sitting out a book crystallizes your thought in a way that nothing else can. I believe. And to have that depth of, of knowledge, and but really it's the process of setting it out and structuring it. I think that's really powerful. And then as you learn, you realize that's such an effective tool for learning and sharing a, like a big idea, not a, here's a blog post idea, but a big theme of like looking at the world differently. That's, that's addictive for, for whether um, it's your point of view, the way that you saw the world for me. I wanted to share about Myanmar. So I was living in Myanmar at a critical time in its history where it was transitioning from dictatorship to democracy. The entire time I wrote it, I thought that I was just writing a light-hearted book about the beginning of Myanmar's democratic era, but I felt driven to share that story with the rest of the world, not so much about me, just that I was the vessel as a journalist. I had a front row seat and I wanted other people to actually travel to Myanmar. That was a huge motivator. It's such a beautiful country. The people are so amazing, and I thought that that would help. Um, but yes, also I'm a creative person, and I didn't write a nonfiction academic book. There's already many, many great nonfiction academic books about Myanmar. I wrote about I wrote a memoir because that's always been my favorite style. In my journalism, I've loved writing first person pieces like and I and I wrote I when I lived in Bangladesh, I got to write articles in the newspaper about that trip, I wrote them as columns. And so that was fantastic for me. And I, I just never thought that book, it was too hedonistic, it was too light, too fun to get to be a book. Then when the COVID-19 pandemic happened, I saw a picture out the front of a bookstore. It went viral. You probably saw it. And it said, we've moved our travel section into fantasy. Oh, no, I didn't see that. But, oh, gosh, thought, my heart. Yeah, it broke my heart. And I thought, hang on, that year I had, which young people may never get to experience again, was absolute magic. And I'm going to write about it. I'm going to write it. Partly to get get me through lockdowns.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I had, this is a, this is actually my third podcast and I started my podcasting journey because of COVID. We mm. did a trip in November 2019. And on that trip, we were like jetting through. And I've just told um Jess about a trip that I'm about to do where I'm gonna jet through all these European countries, which again we thought might not happen again. But I went through four countries in on it, five countries in two days, because you can wow. in Europe. We just, you know, road tripped, but um on that trip, we were like, listening to podcasts. We're like, we're funny, we're great, me and my friend. We can have a podcast. And six months later we did. And we have 87 episodes of a travel podcast. I wouldn't have got that podcast out there if I hadn't have stopped and had the time to um to to do it. And so it was actually yeah a really lovely way to kind of get back into the travel. And people were so worried I don't know, about you, but people were so worried about me during COVID because they know I'm a traveler. Mm. I quite enjoyed I enjoyed the time to do other things and because I'd done so much travel we have all these beautiful memories to pull on and I I did write to you and ask you about that with the book because obviously it was 2012 well not obviously um your book kind of goes from like 2012 to 2016 and so I said Mm. how did you how did you like it's so vivid it's so beautifully Mm. written and so um like you know you really have a, a way of you know bringing the picture to life for us as a listener and reader and I was like how did you have all that detail when it was potentially 10 years ago or when you were at book seven years ago
1: yeah it's um it's interesting and that you can talk yourself out of writing a book because it didn't happen yesterday you can say I can't even remember the conversation I had yesterday how could I possibly do this what's surprising when you write a book um is that you need less than you probably realize so you can actually get bogged down I'm going to write a book about Bangladesh and I kept diaries every day which are thousands and thousands and thousands of words and that's going to take me so much longer just because then you've got all the details to choose from the way memory works and I've written I've read books on memoir and memory you remember the emotional content so they're the memories you want to share you're not sharing I didn't share every trip I took or every person I interviewed why did I select the anecdotes I did because they had an emotional content and they drove the overall story that the underlying reason they revealed something about Myanmar that was poignant or contradictory to show that it was really complex or you know to to because you're trying to make the reader feel a certain way and you don't do that with facts right so you remember what was amazing to me was that um, there was one part where um, there was a storm and my fence fell down mm-hmm. and we went to our Burmese landlord and she didn't want to fix it and she sent out these two tiny little girls to pick up the bricks and it was in the pouring rain and it was terrible and a conflict, who's going to pay for this fence when there's no strata or um, tenancy boards to help you in Myanmar. Language difficulties. Um, and I knew that I had it on. So I wrote I wrote the scene, I drafted the scene and then I went back to Facebook um, because I knew I had a photo. And it turned out I had a really, really long caption. And it was almost word for word. In fact, the way I phrased stuff was the same. Mm. Because it's still how I feel. It was true at the time and it's still true. So you forget the kind of the color shirt he was wearing. Um, you, but what I would do is I would reconstruct it. I had um, I did have journals for Myanmar. Not the daily sort of a 1,000 words a day type thing, but I had journals, articles, blog posts, photos, Facebooks, uh, Facebook posts and emails to mum and dad. And then also I'm a journalist, so <laughs> I, I'll go back and I'll research, you know, say if it's a, a public event like Obama, I will go back and find out. You, it's amazing. Thank And thank you to the community of people out there who record the facts around something because then you can you can paint it. You can paint it enough to create a scene. And a scene sh- should only contain the information that's really, really pertinent anyway. Yes. Um, you can prove that you were there by, you know, doing the, the colour of the paint on the wall. My thing is if I can't remember, I can't make it up, mm-hmm. and it probably wasn't significant. If you can't, yes. Yeah, so that's kind of my I, problem. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah but I will own. I'll go to the photo and like so. Something like um, there was the dog when I went to the Yangon Animal Shelter. I went back to my photos of because I remember that she was kind of goth looking, quirky looking. Went back and saw her earrings in the photo, so I can put them in the scene.
0: Hey, lovely! I want to open the door to incredible opportunities for you on an all-inclusive luxury retreat, exclusively for leaders who are ready to attract the work and life they want. Join me for five inspiring nights in incredible India for the first ever International Rest and Receive Retreat, hosted in Kerala, India, by me, from the 12th to the 17th of November 2023. Disconnect your senses and immerse in this exotic culture while reconnecting with yourself. Share this luxurious experience with 12 amazing women and you'll form connections and memories to last a lifetime can't undersell or overestimate the incredible power of the magic of India and I want to share it with you. Get all the details via the show notes but you can also head to my website emmalovelau forward slash rest hyphen receive hyphen India. I would love to see you there and I'm happy to have a chat if this is piquing your interest at all. Please come along and experience the magic of rest and receive. Yes. And those, some of those lovely details really do make it. And sometimes it is that funny detail that was like, why that story was so significant. I'll be like, why are you telling me that you were there? And it's like, I have to give you the context as to why this thing was so random, because if I don't tell you where I was or what happened before it, then you don't understand why the thing was funny or why it then, and then later on as well, some of the stories you told might seem you know, it's like sort of an everyday thing. And then when you tell it later on in the story, you're like, oh, you call back to that and that's why you can see the difference. And, I mean, look, for me, I know that you talk about some pretty heavy themes in, the, and, you know, I knew the political situation and it was very interesting actually reading it and hearing you talk about Aung San Suu Kyi, um, you know, because then later on what had happened and I know there were sort of reflections and I'm not super into politics, so it was quite interesting for me to hear that and you told it in a way that wasn't like too in-depth that I, you know, I didn't switch off, but obviously that's a huge part of Myanmar and the time you were there. But um, I must say it was, it's very romantic for me. And I know that, I know that journalism can be rough and I know that (laughs) traveling and living in another place can be rough, but it was still just like, oh, this is so, you just spoke to my heart and I was like, oh, I know how challenging all the things you talked about can be, but I'm like, I still want to do it.
1: Well, it's the tough times that are interesting, isn't it? When when life's a breeze, you haven't got much to write about. It's just yes. it's just a fact of life. I'm trying to recognise that in the moment. So saying to myself, you know, when I'm having a tough time, this is creatively, this is really good for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and you can
0: say that and you're just like, I just wish it was quite just a little less turbulent would yeah. be great. Just a little less. And then I mean, yeah, I'm so glad to hear that you're going to write about Bangladesh because, you know, you talked about it throughout the book a bit. And then um, I kind of was like, oh, I, I would love to know. Like that must have been a really, you know, sort of like I was in London. Then we went to Bangladesh and then I met a man and we got married and then I went to Myanmar. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a story there. Um, so I look forward to, to that. And then, you know, I kind of knew, I kind of remembered, but I got caught up in the story. And then the epilogue kind of was like, hmm, that was, I mean, I, I'm not doing to spoiler alert because it's kind of public, right? That, you know, I, we heard this whole journey of you and your husband and then, you know, along together. I, I mean, how was that for you to then to write around about this romantic time in your life? Well, that's one, reason,
1: that's one reason why the Bangladesh book is parked. It yeah. is the fourth of four memoirs of this 10-year period that I was away. I need the time and the space a, away from it to do it justice as well. Mm-hmm. I'd already begun the book about Myanmar and then we began separating. So that had to be finished and that was compartmentalizing my life, um, which really is a survival skill. And it was it was cathartic to go back to a place in my mind where everything was good and great and and you know it's kind of a eulogy in a way Mm -hmm. it helps you process the different things to the extent that you know you you can really it was you know a 10-year relationship bangladesh um is a really tough place to live and Mm. if you found the themes heavy in myanmar this this will be heavier um, and during COVID, I, I didn't have the ability to write about something as challenging as Bangladesh. I wanted to go back and to, you know, live it because I do I live in my mind um, when I'm writing. And so to be really free in my mind and to be traveling again. And it was a time we look back on now and say that was actually fantastic for prompting creative projects. But we didn't know if we were going to return to travel. And that's what and yeah. we didn't know when. That's what made it really sad and scary. Or if travel would look the same as what we knew it, the, the true mm-hmm. freedom. And, and for a while it was looking like India might be off the cards quite recently. Yes. And that really broke my heart as well. Um, because India has a yeah. I'm very, very fond of India. So we in particular. Share that.
0: We share that person. I've been twelve times and I'm about to take my <laughs> retreat there. And yeah, it's just and it's always so like ironic. Like in two thousand nineteen, the start of twenty nineteen, I'm there with a group of women, kind of mapping out what group tours would look like and taking women over because as you know, not everyone is like us and some people are very daunted by those places and they, they want to go, but they don't yeah. want to go alone. And so I'm they're going and then I went to on a tiger safari and again was to, you know on a Famil so that we could sell these trips so we're getting all ready we're sort of ramping this up I'm earning commissions from you know planning people's trips it's super fun and oh. then boom and oh, you know we're fun. now yeah we're now running a retreat I'm running this retreat um and I've sold another one for March a woman's running hers in March that I've helped her plan and that was a so of four years you know that's a four year break and it's kind of like it's really funny then reflecting now and you're going oh yeah this was the plan and this is what i wanted to do and this is what i was meant to be doing i'm just in a way it's good because i've shifted the business and everything and so it's i'm doing it in a different way now but you're like yeah and i think we lost that i don't know about for you that anticipation um because we had to we had to kind of hold back of like if you made a plan you had it you were pretty sure it was going to be cancelled so you could still mm. make a plan but mm. you lost that anticipation of like half the joy of a trip is the He's planning and the yeah. anticipation and the what's going to happen and then the doing it is lovely and everything and then you know another part of the trip is is the memory and it is having those memories and and you do i guess gloss over sometimes some of the the you know in that day was probably a bit crap in parts but when you, in your memory, you're just, you're going to remember the, the good bit
1: of it yeah. or yeah. the
0: truly, the truly bad or the truly good, the, the yeah. buddly stuff you don't
1: really. You don't really remember. And I also, I have become comfortable with a memoir is my, that, they, they're my memories and I'm not going for, you know, the rigor of um, accuracy to the degree that it could be a news article. I mean, often I've written memoirs around my news articles. But memory is really personal, and even if you and I, you know, did a trip together, we'd come home with different memories. So my memoir is my memories, and I do take responsibility for if if it's factually inaccurate because that that will be my mistake, but I'm comfortable to take the risk. I will do my absolute best because the power to me is in it being accurate. I am not a fiction writer. That's a completely different creative endeavour for me, the point is that it's true, and so what I'm telling you is it's true, and therefore it's meaningful and it reveals something about the culture. But it's my they're my memories. This is personal. So what Sherpa will recollect, if Sherpa had had written a book, will be completely different. But yes. I'm okay with that. So that's what I would say. If you're planning a memoir and you're tying yourself up in knots about the accuracy, that's not the most important element. It has to be. It has to be accurate to you and what's in your heart. But don't not write a memoir for fear of, of some fact checker coming out and saying it was raining on November 13th, yes. you know what I mean? Yes.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so freeing. and um, so freeing for me, but I'm sure it's freeing for the audience and such so an interesting, I think the other challenge that I've found over the years was that, you know, and now I understand uh, we recently were at a conference together, the Fabulous Content Bite Summit, and Anna Featherston was there and she said on one of the panels, you've got to write your first book to get to your third book. And, yeah. you know, understanding that it's not got to be that first book doesn't have to be the everything book. And so sometimes I was trying to get everything in my mind into one book and I know that I have been actually on a writing retreat and, that you know, she was, it was like, what's the style, what's the style? And it's like, well, it's, I like the memoir style, but then it's like I kind of was then doing like a how-to as well. And so my problem was always the style and it's like you could write five books about about that yeah. One year, one's a memoir, one's of a how-to, one's of this, one's of that. Like I was like, oh, okay. And autobiographical to travel memoir, what do you think is the difference there?
1: Well, I mean, just in terms of the the number of books and getting books out, what I found so inspiring is the self-publishing community. There are people making money you wouldn't believe. And I see their KDP royalties because they share them at the end of the year. Self-published authors who write for a living don't talk about books; they talk about series, and they mm. will write ten books a year. They are full-time writers. They this is pop fiction, pulp, pulp fiction, but my gosh, these are multi-millionaires. Um, mm. They they sit down and they write, and they're super productive, and they're very good writers. And this is why they have millions of KDP page reads every year. So. While I'm there freaking out about my first book, they're there talking about the seventh series that they've written, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, and they just look at it. They look at it from a business perspective. They take the emotion out of it and they, they write to market, which is another skill in itself, but they write what they love about. And that's why they keep doing it every day. Cause it is, it is work. Um, But I would say, and and something that I did that inspired me with, I took this trip 365 days, should be one book, right? Yep. It's not. It's two. Mm. Split it in half because they gave me the confidence to six months in, it's split. So I'm doing, because it was getting too long. It was just too long. I had to break a convention that was either going to be giving readers a 130,000 word book um, but instead I decided, no, I'm going to split it. So when I get to Nepal, when I reach South uh, South Asia, after Southeast Asia and China, that's the third book. The fourth book will be Bangladesh. And I know it's unconventional, but I can do whatever I want. I don't have a publisher. For me, it's a geographic split and it's okay. Um, but that is that is an example of you saying if there's a book that, like plan it out, it's not the vibe, but if you can Write ch- chapter summaries. If you can write fifteen of them, min- minimum, you've got a book. Yeah. And then, if, if there's another angle that is sort of more of a, um, a business angle on the travel, and you've got fifteen topics, good meaty topics that all link together, that's a book.
0: Yeah, I see that you're going to be brilliant at this new endeavor in your business. And I mean, I wish, gosh, I want to try and we try and keep these episodes short. so this, we, this is you and I need a series. We need a three-part yes. series yes. and I will have you back on these. I would love to hear more once the book, the next book is published because I'll, I'll read it and consume it and I'm very, very happy to hear that the Bangladesh story is coming and it has been so inspiring to me and I did get teary a few times during your book um, and I said to, to Jess, like I said, oh, we've, we've only met a couple of times and um, but I, I felt very proud of you <laughs> at the end of the book. Like it's... Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a huge thing to achieve and then to have this uh, capsule, time capsule as well. I think that's such a, a beautiful thing for you and your family and at the very least, let alone uh, the readers who are going to go on and read it. And, you know, so I would just love to hear, I guess, two things. So how do you feel about this change? So going from you know, having this 15-year career to starting this new business? Like what's that sort of feeling like at the moment for you? You just so, announced it yesterday, like properly, right? Yeah.
1: So interesting. So my dad died in July. He died of dementia after a two-year process of of not of losing him, essentially. The day after I tried to keep working because I didn't know what else to do. But the very next day, I just was at my desk and I had this sudden realization, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. I don't want to. And I messaged my my friend Adam Courtney, who is Bryce Courtney's son, author okay. of the power of one, Yeah, he'd he'd ghostwritten a book. He's a good friend of mine, lovely person. And we spoke on the phone and he, he said, oh, you know, I don't know. Like, they, yeah, sure, they approached me and it was a great experience. He's done it before. He said, I don't know if you could make it as a business. But that was enough. I'd been talked out of it before Ooh. when I'd put out feelers to other ghost writers saying the money's not good. I only did it because I believed in the person, you know, who I wrote about. Um, and I just decided I had to try. I This is my life dad's life has ended and he would support me. I know he would support me trying, just trying. I don't have to succeed. Trying is enough. And I thought I have, I have to find out if I can do this. I've always wanted to do it. Funnily enough, I went back to that email to the ghostwriter five years earlier, and it was basically the same contents as what I'd sent Adam. I don't want to keep doing 800,000 word stories. It's too wham, bam. Thank you, Sam. Next person. Let's do it. You know. Um. It's, it's journalism, it becomes fish and chip wrapping paper the day before, even with a digital copy. Books, you know, really you do, there's an emotional connection. You really get to tell someone's story, whether it's your own or someone else's. Go deep on an idea. It also is something that um, you have for the rest of your life. You mm-hmm. do. You have it for the rest of your life. It's something that you have done, like getting a degree, you know, becoming a doctor, that kind of thing. So, okay. They're the good bits. And then <laughs> the scary bits is waking up at three o'clock in the morning, thinking the phone is not going to ring. Like I'm a single parent. This is the real deal. I do not have a second income. I've always been self-employed, but it's, it is terrifying. You know, I have, I have bills to pay. And if I guess also, you know, if it doesn't work, then i failed publicly. <laughs> <laughs> um then I was driving past because then you start when you're moving from becoming a journalist to an entrepreneur with your own business I was driving home the other day and I went past a new business that's set up in a in a um warehouse which is wedding cars and like luxe cars and they're saying yeah. new business book us for your next event and there's probably 15 limos in there and I thought, wow. That's a big front-up investment. Yeah. Not just for me, setting up a website, you know, so chill out, chill out. <laughs> you haven't got creditors on your back. I do have a big risk appetite, but it's just, you know, I, this, is, this is not a hobby. This is, this has to work. So, you know. You'll um, make it work. I'll make it work. I'm a hustler. I've always been a hustler. I tell myself if I could start my freelance business in Australia with zero contacts, um. I I will throw myself at this at ninety miles an hour and and see what happens. Jess, if you ch- ran around
0: Myanmar, um, Yangon with plastic bags full of piles <laughs> of money, collecting money that you were earning ten cents and a word. This is the word. At, and going around to three different locations, and I was I was doing your sums for you as you're, in, you're just writing. It's like she's paying for the cab to get to that place. She spent a whole day. You've like. How much money did you actually make? And if you've done that, babe, this business is going to be fine. You are going to be more (laughs) than fine. I I have at least 10 clients in my mind for you. One of them is looking back at the screen. So
1: you're going to be fine. That is so nice.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited for you. And now tell me, is the question we sort of ask here is, and I guess we've been leading there with it, but what does living a life you love look like?
1: Uh, It is my children. My girls are three and four and they are kind of the light of my life. And so it's doing things with them and loving my work, which I think is also part of being a mum, is showing them you can be a mum and you can have a fantastic career and you can have all these experiences together. So you don't have to choose. And so I want to be, you know, as I approach school age, I want to be present enough, to be able to come to assembly when you know they've done they're doing something cool. And but yeah, it's it's true. I just want to acquire experiences and professional experiences and family experiences. Because again, with losing dad, it's memories. At the end of the day, mm. we end up with a bunch of memories. What assets we have is kind of immaterial, pardon the pun. But I am deeply driven on a professional level. That's part of my identity. And I want to be able to say that I helped people get their books out. I got my own books out, and I helped other people because I know the pain, the tears. Like I've cried with rejection letters, and I'm going to publish them soon on my blog. Um, It's like it was—it's heartache equal to any relationship breakup. That pain of thinking I'm not going to get to share my story with the world was has been—it's crushed me in at different. I've tried it different ways, and there's been a door every a, door, a shut door every time so this i think i'm going to find really fulfilling but i love i by no means have this worked out like i love what you're doing is that i mean i haven't my kids don't have a passport my passport expired in covid and i've not renewed it i need to work out how to do this both financially um and from a time point of view and that you know thing of like disconnecting while you're away so but, but I like the process of learning. I like not knowing what's ahead of me and knowing what I want, but how to work out how to get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's a lot more skin in the game when little ones are along. But I also, I don't know, you also get a lot more laser focused. And when we used to have hours and hours in the day to do our business and to do our writing and, you know, I'll just get up at five or I'll just stay out till three and do the thing. We don't have that time. And so you're like, I have to make this work i have to earn a good income and have time for them and i have this amount of time so you know i actually i have found in the last i've been will be 3 in january so i found that i've just yeah i i've i've kind of i don't know it's it's been better for me in a way and and you know i don't i know what's important and what's not and we are clear on what you want and what you don't want and i loved the first time I met you was at a writers' Christmas party, and the two the girls came along, and they were fab. And so they are welcome anytime to anything. I I love taking Finn to things too, and it's and I know it wasn't a choice. I know it was like if I'm going to come, I'm bringing the kids. But yeah, that's okay. We were everyone was fine with that, and I got to meet you. And so I think this whole like we can combine the business and the life, and you, for you and I the travel, and it can work. It just probably a little bit
1: yeah it kind of it, like it's not easy but I'm having a bad couple of days I just tell myself I'm on struggle street this week and next week I'll be I don't know what the name of the other nice place is but um <laughs> it's certainly challenging it's a it's an enormous challenge but i I like I like having um a long road ahead if that makes sense I don't want to be at the destination I'm 42. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's just about um, I know what will make me happy and it's and it's getting to do it, which has always been my goal. You know, mm-hmm. just to become a journalist seemed out of reach. Having a career with writing involved seemed out of reach. I still don't take that for granted. I don't think I ever will because I thought I was just going to be a, I don't know, a pen pusher, an Excel spreadsheet maker for the rest of my life. So you know, I'm really happy to be on a podcast. That still blows my mind. Wow. <laughs> wow.
0: be on are you, a podcast. No, you're you a must have. And, and you put yourself forward, which I always love. And um, please tell us. So please tell us the book, how we can find the book and anything else you want to to share with us. How can we connect with you?
1: Well, uh, jessicamutter.com.au. I have a three-day-old website, which is so cute and beautiful. <laughs> I'm so happy with it. Uh, so you can, you know, find out all about my services, book appointments, book a discovery call. If you just want to have a chat, like if you've got a book idea in your mind, that's been sitting in your mind for five years, I'd love to hear about it. So you can do everything at jessicamudder.com.au, um, and connect with me on LinkedIn as well.
0: I love it. And we'll put all those links in um, in the show notes. And Jessica's book is available uh, to buy as a physical book, but also as an audible, which was um, or an audio book on Spotify, which was fantastic for me because I wanted to get to it ASAP. And so it helped me to consume it a lot quicker. I literally wanted to go for a walk or go for a drive so I could listen to it. I am not blowing smoke up. up. It was... That is so
1: nice and amazing to hear.
0: I better go write a review online so everybody else gets to hear it too. So thank you so much for sharing. As I say, it's been truly inspiring for me. If this is a selfish episode, I just wanted to get all the things. I will book a discovery call so we can focus on my stuff too. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Emma. you for listening, lovely one. I hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. It helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live a Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmaloveall.au. The same as my website, But all the details are in the show notes, lovely. I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.